Radio.com's Morning Relay. We are so glad to have you aboard. Thanks for tuning in. We are taping this. Yes, tape. Old school tape being used. We're old school. We like uh, antiquity. What can I say? This is the daily rundown where we talk about what's happening in the world of Major League Baseball from a fantasy baseball perspective, an analytical perspective. Mind you, I got two excellent hosts along with me tonight. Matt Williams, always along for the ride. What's cooking, Matt? Not much, man. Watching baseball. Having fun. Yeah, I like baseball. It's good to be talking baseball. And then we got his debut on the morning relay, Mr. Carm. Carm's Clubhouse. What's cooking, dude? Hey, Mike. Hey, Matt. What's going on? You know, I wasn't feeling too good with my Philly stack earlier, but I also saw I have a Mets mini stack going on. And then I saw Conforto with a two-run double. And then Dominic Smith with a big bomb. So I'm sure Matt's, Matt's digging that for sure. Pete Alonzo hit a home run too, so yeah. he's coming out of his mini coma. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Yes, uh, good to hear about this Mets talk. I love talking Mets. By the way, if you like RotoFanatic.com stuff, we've got great content this week and next week. Go to RotoFanatic.com. Go to Twitter. Check out Roto underscore Fanatic for all the latest releases from our stable of highly talented people like Matt and Carm and Jeff Zimmerman and so many more. We do DFS. We do everything. We cover you completely and we do it with pride and a deep knowledge base. Just this week and next week though. After that, it gets iffy. (laughs) Yeah, it's going real downhill soon. No, Uh, we're here to serve you guys. Uh, We're recording this. It's uh, Wednesday night, so we have the final game underway. We've caught most of the action. Um, I think that the Dodgers are probably the best team in baseball. They're kind of getting screwed right now. Um, I think that the Rockies are a joke. I know that this isn't what I wanted to talk about initially with the opening of the show, but I'm throwing this at you. Uh, real quick, Carm, do you think the Dodgers are the best team overall still, or are the Rockies really for real? Yeah, the Dodgers are, in my eyes, definitely the best team overall. They're just star-studded in that lineup, and they have so much great pitching depth. I think the Rockies pitching uh, is going to come to a close very soon. No one has ever beaten Coors. So I'm not expecting that to happen, even even in a short, high variance season like this year. <laughs> the, you're both wrong. The best team in baseball appears to be the Cubs. So you know math. Oh! Uh, wow. Well, Matt, you know, Matt is always there with the reality check. You can never let anything get past him. Uh, well, let's talk. Which, by the earlier. way, Chris Bryant did hit a missile earlier tonight. Yes, so he did. He's wow. getting further and further away from that shoulder surgery. We didn't know if we'd maybe see prime Chris Bryant ever again. I don't know. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll see a little bit of it. There are still two words that haunt me on that team, though, and they are um, Craig Kimbrell. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're very, very, very true. All right, Mike, off, uh, back onto the rails. Mike, go ahead. Here we are. Yeah. So earlier today, we had action between the Tigers and the White Sox. We talked about Matt Boyd on this show yesterday, 24 hours ago, and we said suspect. Matt Boyd has not shown a lot, and unfortunately, he got hit really hard. In fact, it brought up a discussion between us in our Slack about what was the record for the most hard-hit balls by one pitcher in an outing because we had counted about 12 hard-hit balls against him. However, Dylan Cease looked good. So, Matt, Boyd and Cease, what's your initial thoughts after seeing them in action today? Well, here, there's Matthew Boyd is, is, is actually more interesting for me because he was so hyped up before the season. The two home runs that came in, I mean, I was betting heavily against him. I actually did the day slate in DFS specifically to stack this group. Right-handers kill him, and there's a lot on the uh, White Sox. And uh, the two home runs in the first inning, there was two strike counts, and then he got taken deep. So he almost escaped those. And then the the you know the big blow that kind of ended up taking him out of the game, semi could have all been unearned because there was this grounder to third base where the, uh, the, the the third baseman didn't actually like make a decision instead of like maybe trying to step on third. He didn't go to first and everyone was safe. 
in my opinion, that is like almost a, almost like a fielder's choice type error. And then the wheels fell off from there. I mean, he gave up all the hard contact himself, but he honestly was like this close to not giving up a thing. So uh, everyone's asking like what you to do. I mean, I'm dropping them everywhere. I'm not even, I don't want them in 15 team leagues, but there I'm not cutting them. I'll just bench him in dynasty though. I mean, I will still take a shot. I think there's something there. He just needs to get out of Detroit uh, because I just think he's w- someone who may just need to change his scenery, maybe a different coach in his ear because we, we see what the talent is. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting there. As far as Dylan sees goes, I'll, uh, I'll turn that over to Carmen. He, he looked a little wild to me and uh, he, he had zero walks. So it was, it was just, it's interesting with him. Yeah. I was, um, I was watching this game and he cannot locate his fastball into lefties whatsoever um commentator for the Sox, steve stone mentioned that and then back-to-back pitches fastballs in on the hands way off the way off the spot he was looking for his changeup is awesome so i'll give him that one interesting quote from manager rick renteria was saying that he left season after the fourth inning because he finishes starts strong which completely contradicts the third time through the order penalty that you see on most pitchers uh that might be that might be worth a deep a deep dive and frankly i don't necessarily believe renteria sees himself still at eight hard hit balls hit against him and i mean i'm kind of i'm kind of worried about him too there was even one um cross communication with catcher james mccann where mccann was looking for a, sl- a slider and and sees brought the fastball and it went all the way to the backstop and almost took off mccann's head it, w- it was bad and sees and it was sees fault for sure so he's got some learning to do as well, I think. Well, I'll say this. The first uh, four-seam fastball of the game from uh, Dylan Cease was around 95.7 or 96, 96.4, 95.7 were the first couple he threw. And then uh, the last one he threw of the game was like 98.4. It's kind of like a Nate Pearson thing going on where he got stronger um, as the game went on. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe there is something to that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's like the zero walks, I think, are misleading because he was very wild as you were saying. So yeah. I think this is something where, you know, I, it, I wouldn't be looking to like buy low. I think there's a lot of growing pains in this future. Growing pains. That, I want to cue the growing pains theme song right now, but I won't do that. I'll spare you guys that by the way, Tim Anderson returned in this game and he went four for five, scored three runs. Looks like he's ready to rock. No issues from the hip issue that put him on the IL. He should have had a uh, cycle, by the way, the uh, second uh, oh, he single he hit like murdered. He murdered it. Like if it went past the uh, the fielder, which it very well could have, it would have been an easy double. So I mean, he he definitely had a cycles worth uh, of uh, of a uh, what do you call it? <laughs> what are his effort? A cycle worth of effort. He, he also had a he had a cycle worth of hard hits too. Four balls over one hundred one point seven miles an hour. Yeah, not bad for your first day back at the office. That's outstanding. Yeah. Uh, no minor league rehab. Just show up and jam. I like it. Uh, real quick. Uh, another pitch you pitched today was so-so. Griffin Canning or Dylan Cease. In a dynasty, do you prefer Cease or Canning? Is that a no-brainer to you, Carm? You know, I would, off the top of my head, i definitely go Canning. I am concerned about his um, his arm troubles the last, you know, year and a half. But I think he's, I think he is the better pitcher. He provides a safer floor, for sure. I'm a, Like I said before, I'm a little concerned about Cease. It's funny. I actually, it's a no brainer for me in the opposite way, <laughs> only because <laughs> if I want, because of the thing with the barking elbow for canning, I'd rather just go upside at that point. I don't think canning. I mean, if I had to bet on someone helping me now, it would be canning, but for like for dynasty, I think I'd rather just take a shot on the upside because there's enough to worry me about canning health wise, where 
I'm just going to hope that uh, Cease can try to, you know, figure this out. But I, I'd rather have Cease. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> These people don't mess around. These are my analysts. These are my guys here. So when they speak, listen. How about the Rockies and the Diamondbacks? Had a wild series. The Diamondbacks were able to outscore them for once. They had tried to do it a couple times, and then they blew leads in this series. Garrett Hampson leading off, looking outstanding. Very exciting to see him getting more and more time at leadoff, and he's making things happen production-wise. Garrett Hampson, Matt. Are you loving this? Are you so finally excited? Because I know we had several conversations when we did team-by-team analysis and we did turn twos earlier in the preseason. You were all about Hampson. Absolutely. Last year, uh, Dave Magadan, the, uh, the the Rockies hitting coach, former major leaguer, had Garrett Hampson uh, install a toe tap as a timing mechanism. And after that, he went on like a torrid pace, like numbers that you can't possibly keep up to end the season. But he looked fantastic. He had a home run. I think in the very first at bat, he actually installed the toe tap off of Michael Walker and he just kind of ended the season that way. So I expected him to come in and take the job, but you know, it's Rockies are going to Rockies, but now how many games in a row is he let off last you said the last couple versus right hander. So it's beautiful. It looks like he's there to stay. I'm incredibly jacked. I think he's incredibly legit. He's a very good hitter and he's not there by like being forced. I mean, he's earned his right to stay there. So yes, absolutely. Garrett Hampson. I'm very happy. No slouch at all. Four for six. By the way, Luke Weaver was also involved in this game, and it didn't go very well for him. But, Carm, do you think that maybe there's an opportunity here to grab Weaver in a situation where it looks like he's really struggling? In a, in a redraft league, I'm, I'm definitely avoiding him at all costs. He just doesn't look he doesn't look right, frankly. But in dynasty leagues, I think there is a chance to buy low on him and have success down the road. He actually does have a, a similar uh, strikeout rate as last year, right around 26.5 percent. He actually has a higher spin rate on his fastball, and uh, it's a little too early to understand what that truly means for him right now. But I'm thinking that, you know, he had 64 innings with a sub three ERA last year. And I just think that that long injury he had. And then the long layoff coming into this year, his timing is just, it's just not right. So I'm willing to wait it out and see if I could buy low in dynasty. What do you make of it where you, you gain um, RPMs on your fastball, but you lose on, he, he's lost on his, uh, on his curve cutter and changeup. Isn't that bizarre? It is so bizarre. I'm honestly having trouble making sense of it. Um, Matt, do you have any takes there? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't remember too many things where someone has has gone up that much in a fastball and actually has decreased across the board elsewhere. It's it's just it's a little it's a little odd. So yes, I yeah. we yeah. call that the redirect in the business. That's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> nice, well, well done, Carm. That was fun. <laughs> but that's an interesting question. Yeah. I think going forward, we might be excited to find out that Justin Verlander might be pitching sooner than later. Brian McTaggart is saying that he could be ramping up and throwing within a week. This is, to me, I'm very surprised to hear this because I was really expecting the TJ surgery to eventually take place. I, Verlander is a real stubborn guy, and I thought he would rehab and rehab and then finally realize he'd probably have to have surgery. But this is good news, right, Matt? Yeah, I mean, surgery would essentially end his career. Uh, Not to him. I mean, he's stubborn as hell about it. I've listened to him talk. Oh, I'll play till 45. Yep. I, no, I mean, he can try. I, I would think that, you know, at his age, it probably wouldn't have worked out. He already went through that period where people already thought his career was over. He worked his way back, got his velocity back. I mean, people forget his career was done already once. Not me, he, a Tigers fan, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, he worked his way back, like, but not like Bartolo Colon, where you work with diminished velocity. I mean, he got his, he came back and it was actually better than ever. Um, so, yeah, this is exciting. Uh, no one should get too excited as far as the fact that he's throwing next week. Doesn't mean he's pitching next week, he's just throwing. <laughs> 
and they're hoping to get him back for 2020. This is more fantastic news for Astros fans uh, than anything. But yeah, as far as fantasy goes, if you have a spot and you can, and you haven't dropped them yet, um, you know, and you're holding out hope, you know, there's a reason you can try to still stash them on your IL and maybe not completely jettison yet. Beautiful. I would love to see Verlander back. Oh, by the way, Acuna and Judge were out. Acuna, two, Acuna, Acuna, two straight games with a wrist issue. We don't know if it's serious or not. It, he slid into a base and then he tried to swing a bat on Tuesday and it said, oh, that really kind of hurts. So two games. Does that bother you, Carm? Are you concerned or you just feel like, yeah, they're being cautious because he's so precious? I'm not concerned just yet, but I do know that Franchi Cordero had a wrist injury about a week ago and then he was out for a couple games and all of a sudden he got put on like the 45 day IL. So obviously hoping that's not going to happen to Acuna, but I'm not concerned yet. Don't do that to me. <laughs> really go find go find wood and knock on it quickly. <laughs> yes, right here. Here it is. And then Aaron Judge is out. He's sitting with lower body tightness. It was inevitable. Stanton's on the IL. Judge isn't not on the IL. He's not feeling well, but this is inevitable. Great when he hits the ball as hard as he does, but when he doesn't, he's probably hurt. All right, let's talk about the evening shift. What happened in the rest of the games tonight? Uh, Cookie Carrasco declining velo. Is this a real issue? Is Because he's had some solid performances production-wise, but if you start to look within this, I know, Carm, you brought this up. Are you concerned about his declining velocity? You know, I... I'm not necessarily concerned. I mean, he started out at 94.8, ended at 91.8, as Matt pointed out earlier. But here, he also threw over 100 pitches. He had seven strikeouts. He had a 31% CSW, which is pretty pretty good. So I'm not I'm not too concerned. I'm not surprised in the least at this, just given that with leukemia last year. I mean, he's worked his absolute butt off just to be back, and that's you know a miracle in itself. And I'm not surprised that he might go through some dead arm periods, even in the middle of games only to recover down the road. Definitely something I'm going to monitor, but I'm not too concerned just yet. That's good news. What about you, Matt? Any concerns on your round? Are you good to go with Carrasco? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm concerned because um, he, I mean, he started off like 94-ish, and he kind of kind of wavered up and down throughout the start. At the very end, the last couple he threw, he was even down near right at now. He was almost right at 90 miles an hour uh, at one point, 90.1. He, he got dangerously close. Uh, he actually got below. He actually threw 89. Um, he actually did throw 89 at one point. So yeah, that's a, that's a big drop. And he was kind of like going up and down, up and down. He did end this. He, the very last one he threw the entire game was 91.8. But when you start, uh, North of 94 and you actually dip below 90, that's a little odd. Um, especially, you know, for, for someone, you know, with a little bit of an injury history. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's definitely concerning. It's more not actionably concerning though. It's just something you got to look at going forward but yeah his next start you definitely you definitely have to keep an eye on it's one of those things where like news comes out in a couple days hey carrasco is uh gonna be you know <laughs> be put on the il with something it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise you like this is how stuff like this gets started but hopefully like carmen said uh it's just something where he's just working his way up he threw a lot of pitches and you know it, this isn't you know something he's just gonna work through and the great news is that he'll get the pirates the next time out so you're starting him no matter what <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, that is tantalizing. Uh, what about Anibal Sanchez? Now, he's not necessarily a 12-team hold, but in deeper leagues even, is it just done? Is it over for Sanchez now, Carm? Are you like, I'm out of here? I am so far out of here. You know, I had him, you know, decently inside my top 75 starting pitchers just because he's always been a guy who pitches a lot of innings with okay ratios, but he's got a 9.49 ERA through three outings. His whip is above two. If he's not getting you at least six plus innings every time out, there's really no point having him because he's not striking guys out either. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was beautifully said, Matt. Uh, by the way, Clint Frazier, speaking of Judge being hurt, Clint Frazier's up and he started tonight. And he's going three for four. That's a pretty solid outing. So just remember, Clint Frazier someone that can make a difference when he gets the opportunity to play. Uh, real quick, uh, Carm, any interest in Clint Frazier? Beyond, beyond Dynasty, obviously, but like redraft leagues, picking up fab bids? I mean, I've seen some takes on Twitter saying that uh, Frazier is more talented than Aaron Hicks and Brett Gardner. I mean, I feel like Hicks is a good ball player. I feel like Frazier is definitely better than Gardner at this point. Matt, not sure where you're at on that, but hopefully Frazier can pick up the playing time. He's clearly super talented. He's maturing. He should be getting all the chance in the world to stand on the I.L. Yeah, I mean, he he should, but it is the Yankees. They have Aaron Hicks. They have Brett Gardner. They have Mike Taukman. He's not guaranteed every day at bat. So I, for everyone that wants to unload the clip in fab, if he's available, I, I'm not sure I get too excited because, you know, the the in, I've seen you've seen mixed things about Stanton's injury too, where is he is he out? Is he going to be out three to four days? Is he out three to four weeks? Because that's the difference between grade one and grade two. Um, so, I mean, we, we don't know how long he's necessarily going to be out. And when Judge comes back, it's definitely very crowded. So. I believe in Frazier. I still am praying that the Yankees trade him at some point. So he actually gets everyday playing time. But even now, I'm not sure he gets it. You think going three for four with a home run and a double will will earn him some time. But the the, the fact of the matter is there's plenty of talent on that team, and he's, he's definitely not guaranteed time if history is any indicator. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I completely agree. He went off, you know, and had the whole episode where he was complaining and everything and they still didn't trade him and he's been sent down and he's still on the squad. So he's probably not going anywhere, which is bad news for him. How about Juan Soto, guys? Juan Soto hit maybe the best home run of the night so far. It could be argued. It could be argued because there's a couple of bombs. Sano hit one and the Buxton's hitting a bunch of home runs. But how about Juan Soto's back in business? Matt, what else can you say? What else can you add to the conversation about Juan Soto? He's obviously amazing. With his I guess a couple, a couple of things. The Mets should never pitch to him, ever. It's kind of like Chipper <laughs> Jones or Pat Burrell. Anyone who's ever like hit the Mets really well, just don't pitch to him. There's no reason for it. If there's no win on base, walk him. If you know, just no. There's no point to, uh, pitching around him. I think this was the hardest hit ball I've seen all year. And I know ju- I've seen the Judge ones. I've seen the Stanton ones. And I know they're ones that like exit velocity. They just were hit on a line. But as far as the farthest ball I've seen, this one was hit out of the stadium. I think that this one like ended up like in Connecticut. It was really his first one. He hit two. Uh, but yeah, he absolutely tattooed this ball. Very impressive. Juan Soto's amazing. Anything to add to that, Carm? Well, I think Matt said no thank you to Anibal Sanchez. So I'll just say thank you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, simply stated. I like it. By the way, Bo Bichette killing it tonight. Five for five, two stolen bases. Matt, tell everybody what you told me off the air. Are you willing to share that? What you think about him for next season? What I'm willing to share is a big secret. Yeah, uh, yeah easy. Uh, going into next year, if things persist as they have, which I think they will, as someone who believed in Bo Bichette, he's a first-round pick. Uh, a lot of people thought that this year, which I did. I think he was very capable. If anyone who's ever asking, hey, who's a player outside of the first three rounds you think can jump up to be a first-round pick? answer was always Bo Bichette. Uh, he will be in that Jose Ramirez area uh, where, you know, you'll have the JD Martinez types, the hope you know, that it'll be a different order next year. The Freddie Freeman, the Nolan Arenado, the people that don't steal bases and guys like Bo Bichette will be right in front of them because they can offer that upside. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's looking like he's well on his way to being a first round pick for sure with, you know, 
depending on how they snap out of their early season funks, guys like Alex Bregman could fall. You know, it's always a Rolodex of people towards the turn. Um, but uh, yeah, Bobachet looks like he's well on his way to cementing himself there. Carm, any commentary? Would you challenge that? Maybe he's not quite there yet. I mean, that I could see him being a back end of the first rounder for sure. At, at this rate, he's kind of doing what we wanted Trey Turner to do, right? Like Trey Turner has not stolen uh-huh. a base, but Bobachet is really doing it all. And if, if he's going to keep this pace up, I you know, I definitely agree with Matt there. Excellent point. Yes, he is what Trey Turner should be. Oh, Trey, you're driving me nuts with these steals. Byron Buxton hit two bombs tonight. The Twins dismantled Eric Lauer. It did not go well for Lauer. That's why he was an afterthought in that trade in the first place. Sorry. I mean, it's just the truth. Uh, but Buxton is playing well. He's not walking. I mean, Matt, you were talking about earlier, his average and his OBP, very similar. It's all about the hits right now and nothing else. Regardless, how long until Buxton gets hurt? Uh, two days? Or? No, it, I, I would I would be very very wary on buying Buxton. I I mean for for I mean you could say for obvious reasons, uh, but he uh, he made adjustments last year over his last like hundred games. You can just say the proof is he made adjustments and he's hitting the ball really well. That being said, three hundred four batting average and two forty six expecting. He only has a two point three percent walk rate, uh, well over thirty percent strikeout rate. He's hitting the ball hard, but there's still a lot of flaws in his game, and he's hitting at the very bottom of a lineup. It's going to be very hard for him to work his way up. Obviously, if he continues to hit, he will move up. But um, there's, you know, besides the injury history, I'm not necessarily sure if his stat line is is actually telling the truth right now either. It being a you know small sample size, and also in general, if you have Buxton and you believe in him, congratulations. You know, enjoy the ride. I would not go out and try to purchase him. <laughs> Okay. Let me ask you this, Carm. Would you rather have in Dynasty Kyle Lewis or Byron Buxton? Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? That's a, that's a really good one. I mean, I feel like they're honestly in a dead heat. Yeah. I they're, think this is a- they're both low Maybe. average guys. I mean, that's, yeah. oh man, that's tough. That doesn't is really as tough. much as Buxton, but right. the way Kyle Lewis has been playing recently, I think the way that Buxton gets hurt and the way Lewis has been playing, I mean, I think this has become yeah. a fair conversation. I would, I would probably take Lewis just because if it's a tie in, or a near tie in skill, then you have to worry about Buxton's injury history way more than Lewis's. I mean, I, I, I'd rather have Buxton. <laughs> I don't believe oh. in Ky- I don't believe in Kyle Lewis at all, though. Uh, I think he is a mirage. Uh, the power is very real, but the downside has not peaked its ugly head out. There is real downside there as far as uh, you know, cold streaks and batting average. And I, I, I'm not necessarily sure. I would rather have the upside with Buxton, even though I'm very afraid of him again. He's, he had, he's batting 304, uh, you know, uh, at, you know, before the end of the game, he's batting 120. He's bat, well, he's, he, he, he's not hitting fastballs before heading into tonight. He was actually hitting zero against fastballs. <laughs> I mean, what? zero. He, he had, yes, zero. He was hitting 526 against breaking pitches. Uh, and all of his home runs before tonight were on that. He was hitting zero against fast. So he's the opposite of Dylan Moore, his teammate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, well, no, no, this is, this is a uh, Buxton, not, uh, this oh, is Buxton, not Kyle Lewis. Oh crap. I got mixed up. Darn it. Yep. That would have made for a nice little storyline. If that was true. Sorry, folks. I lied. Well, I thought that Lewis was something who's a little more legit, but maybe he's not. That's no, okay. the power is very legit. Uh, it's small sample. It's small sample size. Every it's it's. I know it's sixty games, so everyone is like, it's it's very difficult to not jump out and try to make analysis because you have to because you have to make decisions. But the truth of the matter is, he's only been good for like what is it, fifty at bats now, sixty at bats. Like yeah. you know, it's it. He has real downside. It always has. So we'll see if he can keep this up. I mean. 
everything suggests he doesn't walk. He strikes out a ton. The batting averages come way down. Let's see how, how far down it comes. And once pitchers start adjusting to him, how he reacts to that, you know, I mean, we just haven't seen it very long. Oh, All right. I'm going to, I'm going to do a turnaround on this. I'll definitely take bucks in. I definitely <laughs> agree with Matt's points. No, like it w- I was just looking at my rankings for Lewis after this hot start. And I'm like, wait, he's still not going to be that good. Even with this awesome start. So I'm back on bucks. Hey, I Sorry, win. Y'all. Hey, you want to get that on the record. That's good because you didn't want the show to end with you being stuck with that. I think right. that was a yes. smart move. Always yes. get your bottom line opinion before the show ends. Always yes. key in this business. Uh, Blake Snell actually pitched five innings. Holy Toledo. It happened. Matt, are you excited? Blake Snell's back. I am excited. Before we move on, uh, by the way, Brian Buxton, both home runs tonight, uh, both on breaking pitches, just for the record. Five home <laughs> runs now. No, no fastballs. Great. Um, yeah, Blake Snell, uh, he was another guy that looked like Canning. I mean, completely different level of talent, obviously. I was completely out on this year because if you're starting the season with an elbow problem, I don't necessarily want you on my team. But it's great to see. Uh, we knew after his Cy Young season, he he kind of hit above his, his, his head as far as the actual data behind it. He looked like he got a little bit lucky, but obviously the talent was really there. So yeah, five innings, four hits, six strikeouts. Great to see. Hopefully we, we see more of it next time out. I mean, it, it, one thing, you know how people always ding you for, Oh, it was the Royals or, Oh, it was the pirates. It's actually becoming, Oh, it was the Red Sox. Yes. Cause that's agreed. how brutal they've been. Oh, come on. No, yeah, I'm, not, right, I'm not exaggerating. They're, they're awful. No, you're <laughs> I have no sympathy for them at all. I'm, I just thought it was funny that you said it like that, but Carm, there are some Rays who are taking advantage of some awful Red Sox pitching too. Zach Godley. <laughs> God, I mean, it's a cheesy line. It's so easy. Zach Godley, God awful. I mean, he gave up eight <laughs> runs. Sutsugo finally hit a home run. I've been waiting for that. It's been a while. And Brandon Lau shows what he does against right-handed pitching, which he loves right-handed pitching, right? Yeah, that was definitely uh, one of the crucial mistakes made in DFS tonight. He was played in 73% of DFS, which is crazy. And of course, he hit a bomb. Um, but the Rays overall, they ranked 13th in WRC plus through today. Uh, I think for being a playoff team, you would have expected them a little higher. So this offensive explosion they had tonight, even if it's against Zach Godley, it's a good sign for them and good sign for uh, fantasy players who own the, who have those Rays. Yeah, I was hard on Susugo in drafts, especially in OBP leagues, and he's been struggling a bit. So this is a good sign. Okay, so this is the morning relay. Don't forget that. You're listening to rotofanatic.com's daily breakdown of everything going on in baseball. We're going to talk real quick about Thursday. Thursday is very, very light. Not a lot going on. Six games. So we decided to focus. Let's take a look at Paddock versus Urias. Padres, Dodgers. This has been a real fun series. I've watched both of the series these teams have played. It's intense, entirely competitive. The Padres are the upstarts. The Dodgers have been here forever. Matt. What is something that stands out for you, or what are you excited to see in this matchup on Thursday? I'm excited to see both these pitchers actually look like the ace they could be because they actually haven't been regardless of results. Uh, Chris Paddock has been getting hit incredibly hard. Um, he is definitely not the best pitcher on his own team right now. It's definitely Denelson Lamette. And uh, Julio Urias, on the other hand, has not given up hard contact at all. Um, he is limiting it like crazy, getting really good results. But he's only striking out 16.4% of batters, walking 9.8. That is definitely not what you want to see either. So I kind of want to just see the a nice, strong pitchers duel, like now that we're a couple of starts into the season, and uh, you know, just kind of see them go at it like we know they can. Because up until this point, even though their numbers suggest they're doing fine, uh, it's it they haven't looked as dominant as 
you want them to. So yeah, I just, I want this to be the matchup that we want to see this for years and years to come. Like, you know, hopefully we get a good one because you know, there's the way they've looked. I mean, there's a chance that there's, there's more runs scored in this one than, uh, than people are thinking there might be. Any disagreements with that Carm? I mean, Paddock stack has numbers, a lot of blue right now, not looking great, but he's still revered as probably a top 15 starting pitcher. Yeah, definitely top 15 starting pitcher. I, uh, I don't disagree with, with that on Paddock. I mean, it's a short sample still. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm so all in on Paddock. Um, the thing I'm looking for um, in your Arias is, you know, you're probably going to start him tomorrow in season-long leagues. But in DFS, he figures to be one of the top pitchers on the slate. But he still has a short leash. A short leash. He only went four innings in his last start. It seems that the Dodgers are still very much interested in preserving him for the long haul. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking to fade him in DFS tomorrow. Ooh, the classic fade. All right. Which, by the way, I'm well, not down on either guy. I'm just hoping to see something nice. <laughs> a lot of caveats in the show tonight, man. I must say. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, they're both doing well, but like for the reasons they don't want. Paddock wants to do well, but not get hit really hard. And Urias wants to do well and not walk people and strike people out. So I, I'd like them to do well, but for the reasons they're hoping to. It's like they're doing well by accident at the moment. Ah, okay. <laughs> no arguments here. All right, so that will do it. This has been the Morning Relay for Thursday. We will be doing another show Friday that you can look forward to because rotafanatic.com gives you everything you need when it comes to fantasy baseball advice, uh, lingo. We do it all here. Uh, Matt, why don't you tell people what's going on? Let them know where they can find you because you have great tweets. Definitely one above average tweet master in my opinion. Uh, yeah, if there's a if there's a GIF Olympics, I will be entering it and winning the gold medal. <laughs> I pride myself on uh, cleverly selected a- animations on Twitter. So uh, He's follow not me kidding. at m a t t w i seven seven i m s. Make sure you follow Roto Fanatic at Roto underscore Fanatic. Carmen, where can they chase you down, buddy? Yeah, you can find me at uh, at Carms Clubhouse on Twitter. I also write. Uh, DFS articles for fantasy pros for what the Wednesday slate. And then I'll be having a piece out in about a week or so on Roto Fanatic about sudden inning, inning pitched increases, especially focusing on guys who had um, big time innings pitched in the playoffs. So like Nadia Valdi, David Price in 2018, Strasburg and Roberto Osuna last year and seeing how that affects them the following year. So definitely look out for that. That sounds fantastic. I will read that personally. I guarantee I will see eyes on that page. But for now, we're out of here. This has been the Morning Relay. We will see you tomorrow.